Welcome to episode 21 of How to Be a Steminist. Today, I am talking to you about how to communicate with confidence. None of this fake it till you make it crap. If you do these things, you will for sure feel more confident when you are talking to people in a professional setting. This is definitely one you do not want to miss. This is the How to Be a Steminist podcast. I'm your host, Tiffany, a proud woman in STEM. To me, being a STEMinist means creating a wildly fulfilling career without compromising your family or social life. Because when you love your whole life, you become a living example that a career in STEM is where it's at. I'm on a mission to equip women in STEM around the world with strategies to take back control of their career progression, navigate those difficult and awkward gender equality issues and stop balancing work with life and start enjoying it. If you want to learn all the things no one else teaches you about being a woman in STEM, you've come to the right place. Let's get stuck in. Hey fellow STEMinists, I'm super excited today because there is something I'm creating behind the scenes that is going to completely up level your confidence if you're a woman in STEM working in a professional environment. Now, if you listen to my last episode, so episode 20 last week, you will have heard me talk about the corporate group workshops that I'm doing to help women overcome imposter syndrome. I put a call out there to say, hey, if you work in a corporate setting and you have a group of women who could also benefit with this workshop, come and speak to me. However, I actually got a couple of you messaging me saying either that you don't have enough women in your company to partake in something like this, or that you just don't feel like your company would organize a group workshop for women or that you didn't know who to ask. Now, the whole reason I started this podcast and started Tiffany Dawson Coaching was because I wanted the information of career development, career progression, confidence building, and all that good stuff that I talk about. I wanted that training and education to be accessible by everyone, no matter which company you worked for, whether you do have a support system around you or not. I wanted to be the person who could bring you that knowledge and all the skills that you need to progress in your career. So in just this past week, I have realized that I've actually put a barrier up between you and the information I've got to share about improving your confidence in the workplace by only offering these workshops to corporate settings. Now, you'll know that I am all about breaking down barriers and removing them as a coach. So when I realized I'd actually put a barrier up between you and the skills that I've got to share with you, I realized I've got to act quickly. I've got to change the way that I am delivering this super useful information. So by next week's podcast interview, I'll have more information to share with you. I'm really just at the 
starting phases of putting this together, but I do really want to be churning this out to you as quickly as possible. If you don't want to miss out on the announcement of what this is and when it's going to launch, I really encourage you to sign up to my email list. It's called Steminist Brain Snacks and it's a weekly newsletter that you'll get from me full of career advice, my personal thoughts on the state of play of gender equality in STEM right now, and of course, special announcements. So sign up to my newsletter via the link that's provided in the show notes for this episode, because I will be offering an early bird bonus for people who sign up to this new interactive training experience early. Now, because it's all about confidence in the workplace, I thought it was only appropriate that I put together a podcast episode today about how to sound more confident in a professional setting. I'm going to be sharing three things you can do to not only sound more confident, but actually become more confident. I promise that if you do these three things on a regular basis and they become a good habit, then you're actually going to feel more confident as a result of it. And I'll give you some examples along the way as to why. So let's just dive straight in. The first thing that you can do to sound and feel more confident while communicating in a professional setting is to improve your nonverbal communication. Now, for those of you who like statistics, um, 93% of communication is nonverbal. Can you believe that? So only 7% of communication is through the words that you're saying. 38% of communication is via your tone of voice and 55% of communication is via your body language. So let's go through this in a bit more detail. If only 7% is based on your words, are you now thinking, oh, why do I worry so much about the actual words that I'm trying to say? I think for so many of us, we are often worried about saying the wrong thing in meetings, so much so that we don't say anything at all, or we might spend a lot of time trying to craft the perfect sentence or the perfect comeback to things just so that we can sound confident and well-versed in what we're doing. But now that you know it's just 7% of communication, it's time to focus more on the other side of communication, which is tone of voice and body language. Let's start firstly with tone of voice. So what are the types of things that you should look out for? Tone of voice will include things like volume. So how loud or how soft you are speaking, your speaking pace. So some people might speak really quickly and some people speak very slowly. There's also the inflections in your voice. So some people might speak with a lot of animation in their tone of voice and some people speak with not much inflection at all and sound very monotoned. I actually find that really difficult because naturally, as you know from listening to me, I speak with a lot of inflections. So volume 
pace and inflections are the three things that you should take a bit more notice of when you're speaking to people. Everyone will have their natural tendencies. So the first thing really is to just be aware of your own tendencies. You might find that when you're speaking to a friend, your tone of voice is quite different to when you're speaking in a professional setting. So think about why that might be, whether one is better than the other, how you can improve. But a couple of things that are common mistakes with tone of voice are when we're timid, we might speak really softly because we're trying to hide. So when you are in a professional setting, especially on those days where you're feeling a little bit nervous, just check in on your volume because you might not actually be speaking loud enough. Check also with your speaking pace. Some people will speak really, really quickly when they're nervous. I speak really slowly, so I find that really hard to do. Some people will speak really quickly when they're nervous. They'll start using words that are just filling in blank spots and they'll sound like they're rambling. If you're unsure of what to say, take a pause. Stop rushing, speak slowly, and speak with authority. Right, and then the final thing with inflections. Now, firstly, when if you're too monotoned, it can make you sound bored or boring. <laughs> so just check in with what your natural tendencies are. Inflections are a funny one. So I am... Australian so my natural inflections just based on my accent is to end everything like a sentence so you know people who speak like this that's probably all your Aussie friends but whether you're Australian or not you can still sound more authoritative by speaking in a downward inflection at the end of a fact so again, if you're not really sure what your natural tendencies are, you might like to record yourself having a conversation with someone or ask a friend to give you some feedback. Moving on to body language. So 55% of your communication is via body language. How mad is that? I naturally use a lot of hand gestures, especially, you know, the more excited I get, the more hand gestures I use. Even when I'm recording this podcast, I use a lot of hand gestures and I don't know why. Maybe it just helps me get my point out because I know you can't see me. But anyway, that's just what I do. So that is one of my natural tendencies when it comes to body language. So aside from hand gestures, other things to take note of are your stance. So you might have an open stance, which generally is reflected by having, you know, good posture, your shoulders are open, your arms aren't crossed. You might have a closed stance where you are hunched over, you might have your hands crossed, your legs crossed, you might be kind of like being quite small. So the more open you are, the more confident you will look and actually you will feel a lot more confident as well. So give that a go. Your facial expressions obviously are a big part of your body language. So you might have a really animated face. <laughs> I know some of my friends have a super animated face and 
they almost aren't always in control of it. It's really funny. So sometimes they'll just be sitting in silence and they'll make a face and you'll be like, um, what are you, what are you thinking about? (laughs) Why do you look so disgusted? And they just have, you know, they've got no filter on their face. It's really funny. You probably know someone like that too. (laughs) But anyway, whether you're aware of your facial expressions or not, especially in a corporate or a professional setting, it's really important to take note of what your face is doing. So if you have a non-animated facial expression, you might be prone to being called having a resting bitch face, which is not always the best thing if you're trying to influence someone or you're trying to win a job from a client. So again, make sure that you know what's happening on your face. (laughs) Next thing is eye contact. This is so important. I know you probably already know this, but it's always worth the reminder. When you avoid eye contact with someone, it immediately makes you look nervous. It immediately makes you look unsure and really, really unconfident. I know for some people, eye contact can be a bit daunting. So just practice it with your friends first. And make sure you do hold that eye contact. You don't have to be a creep and, you know, not blink while you're talking to someone because that would be really unnatural. But just take a little bit more notice of your eye contact. Where are you looking when you're speaking to people? Now, especially now that we're in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic, there's a lot of virtual meetings that are happening. Eye contact is really, really important because... Firstly, when you're doing a virtual meeting, you can't see the rest of, you know, people can't see the rest of your body. They can mainly only see your face and maybe some hand gestures. And sometimes, especially when you're on a Zoom call and, you know, someone's um, video might be to the left or right of the screen, you're actually not looking at the camera when you're talking to them. And it can be really, really... Uh, distracting. I had a meeting with a girl recently who her, uh, she must have had two screens on and the video conference screen must have been on the monitor away from her camera. So she kept looking to the left when she was talking to me and it looked like she was just talking to someone else. So these are things that you should really take notice of, especially in virtual uh, meeting environments. The final one for body language is energy. This is a little bit harder to describe, but you probably know what I mean when I say you've probably walked into a meeting before where no one's actually said a word, but it's felt really tense and somber. Or you might have walked into another room before where you just know that the energy is quite lively and happy. Making sure that your energy is on par with what's going on, if that's what you want to do, is really important. I've done it the other way before. When I was managing teams, there might have been 
weeks where the team has had low energy and I've walked into a meeting where everyone seemed really low and down. So instead of matching the energy because I was the team leader, I really went in there with big energy, had my facial expression animation up, like turned right up and, you know, started speaking loudly, maybe in a quicker pace and more inflections in my voice to try and bring that energy up. So the way that you communicate outside of the actual words that you are saying can have a really big effect on the other people around you. So to recap with the body language, I talked firstly about hand gestures, your stance, so, you know, closed or open stance, your facial expressions, how animated or non-animated they are, your eye contact, and then the energy. Moving on to my second tip for you to sound and feel more confident Uh, A couple of words that I want you to stop saying. If I can overgeneralize for just a second, women in society have been taught to stay small and try and be as invisible as possible up until now. Now we are learning to really speak up for ourselves and to, I guess, create a difference in the world. So we're probably the first generation of women in the workplace to be aware of this and have the power to do something about it. So in saying that, some of the words that have filtered into our language, especially for women, are words that make us seem small or make us seem apologetic for taking up space in the room. Language stuff can be really difficult to change because we might think that this is just a normal phrase that everyone says, so why should I change it? But I'll give you a couple of examples today and hopefully you'll see what I mean. The first word is just. I've just got a question or I just have something to add. When you use the word just in this way in a professional setting, it diminishes the impact of what you've got to say next. It doesn't add any value to what you're saying. In fact, it makes it sound as if what you have to say is probably not that important. So it's just a little thing. It's just a thought. All you need to do in this situation is delete the word from your vocabulary. (laughs) Instead, you can say, excuse me, I've got a question or excuse me, I've got a thought to share. Can you see how you sound like you've got a lot more authority when you delete the word just? And you don't need to sound like you've got more authority than you already do. Because firstly, if you're in the room, if you're in the conversation, you've got the right to share thoughts and questions. But don't use the word just because it will sound like you've got less authority than you do. And you start to diminish your own worthiness of being there. The second word I want you to take note of is the word actually. Now, I use this word a lot in my day-to-day conversations, and you'll hear me say the word quite a lot in my podcast. 
but in a professional setting, really take note of when you're using the word actually. This might come up when you put your hand up in meetings and say, I've actually got an idea to share. Can you see how when you say the word actually, it sounds like you're surprised that you've got something worthy to share? Very much like the word just, delete the word actually from your professional vocabulary. These two words can also be deleted from your written vocabulary, i.e. in emails. So the next time you're writing an email, scan through all the words and make sure you don't use the words just or actually. So far, I've covered the first point in sounding and feeling more confident, which was your body language and tone. So how your nonverbal communication can play into your confidence. The second one was words to stop saying. And the third and final point I've got to share with you is paraphrasing. Paraphrasing is simply rewording something that has been said to you in a different way so that you can confirm your understanding of that person. So an example of this could be someone might say to me, I just don't think this strategy is going to work with this client. In response, I will paraphrase back to this person So you're a bit nervous as to how the client might respond to our strategy. Paraphrasing is a really great tool to use to sound knowledgeable because what you're doing is firstly confirming that you have fully understood what the person is saying. And secondly, you're co-creating some sort of solution with them. So the person that you're speaking to will feel instantly listened to And you can then get deeper insight into their thoughts. So when I paraphrased back saying, so you're a bit nervous as to how the client might respond to our strategy, they might come back and say, no, it's just that our competitors are doing the same thing. So, you know, that's just a really brash example, but you can see how you're actually trying to gain a deeper understanding of what the other person is saying. So without having to know any additional facts or be any more knowledgeable, you actually do sound a bit more knowledgeable because you're trying to dig deeper into the issue at hand. So often in the workplace, we're so busy trying to sound confident or sound knowledgeable that we jump straight into trying to provide a solution. And then when the solution you're providing has nothing to do with what that person is actually thinking about, then that is when you sound like you've got no authority whatsoever and that you don't know what you're talking about. We often forget to listen really deeply to the colleagues we've got around us. So the more you paraphrase back to people to get a deeper understanding of the challenges that they're facing or the things that they're worrying about, You will sound more knowledgeable just by doing that. And the person that you're speaking to will love working with you because they're actually being listened to. How many times in a workplace are you truly deeply listened to? In summary, my three tips for confident communication in the workplace 
are to take note of your nonverbal communication. Stop saying the words just and actually and to use paraphrasing to gain a deeper understanding of what your colleagues are saying. As with anything, when you're implementing something new, there are going to be a couple of stumbling blocks. So you will catch yourself saying just and actually a lot. If you're someone who speaks really quickly when you're nervous, you're going to find yourself doing this a lot. Remember that the first stage of learning how to do something new is to be aware of when you're doing something that you don't want to be doing in future. The more times you catch yourself doing something that makes you seem less confident in your communication, the more likely you are going to make a positive change the next time. So be patient with yourself. Don't kick yourself if you find yourself going back to old habits. These are habits because they have been in your communication repertoire for so long. Be kind to yourself and notice each time you're doing something you don't want to do again in future. Make a mental note and the more times you do it, the more likely you'll be able to have good habits for confident communication. If you found this really short podcast episode helpful in increasing your confidence in a professional setting, you are not going to want to miss out on the new training I'm putting together that I spoke to you about earlier on in the episode. So if that is you and you don't want to miss out on this, please make sure you sign up to the weekly newsletter that I've got called Steminist Brain Snacks. I've left the link to sign up to this on the show notes of this podcast episode. So get to it right away. I look forward to speaking to you again next week. And until then, take care.